0: You're listening to Movie Homework, brought to you by the Binge Media Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts.
1: I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Step Chad.
0: What's going on, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Ready to ready to talk some glory.
1: Outstanding. All right. Um. Yeah. So we're we're tying it in this week to uh, Denzel Washington. He's got the Equalizer three coming out in theaters, and you know we took a look. We saw what he has been in, and something that neither of us had seen in a while. Uh, the Edward Zwick, wow, Edward Zwick, 1989 film *Glory*, starring uh, Matthew Broderick, Denzel Washington, Carrie Ellis, Morgan Freeman, and uh, litany of others. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is one of those movies that I feel like you see when you're younger and you're getting into film, and you see it and you recognize that it's a, a great movie, and then you kind of move on and never watch it again because that's certainly what I did. But, uh, Chad, is this one that you have revisited since maybe, you know, seeing it for the first
0: time? No, you kind of hit the hit the nail on the head. I, I feel like I watched this, you know, right around the time of, like, Braveheart, The Patriot, those type of war movies, getting into sure. that uh, as a kind of film fan. And, yeah, it, it, it's probably been 15 to 20 years since I've seen this easily. Like, it, it was, like, almost like a first-time watch. I remember, you know, the bigger things that happened, of course, the, the Denzel tear scene and everything, but... Yeah, the score. I mean, the, the score is like so recognizable too. I did, I totally forgot that this music was like was tied with this movie because I've heard that you, know, you, hear, you hear this kind of all the time when any. Uh, I don't know, like uh, award type uh, shows have this type of score and everything like or this exact score. So yeah, yep. it, it was very recognizable, and uh, yeah, it's, it was good to watch. Good, good uh, should be a good conversation.
1: Yeah, I remember, uh, especially in high school. I had a couple of friends who uh, Still some of my friends to this day But one in particular was very much a history nut And he had a really good grasp And, and retention of, of everything he heard in, in history class But he was interested in it In, in, in like a, a real sense Not in a, you know, I'm a bookworm kind of guy He, he literally would take out books on the Civil War And read them and, and understand You know, the surrender at Appomattox And the, you know ev- ev- Everything around the Civil War era He was a nut for this stuff. And, you know, he, as we got older and I got more into movies, he would always fall back on this and Gettysburg and Gods and Generals and those being films that were, you know, really high in his rankings due to what he thought was their historical accuracy. Um, But I never, you know, I think I saw Glory maybe twice. I think, think back to the wall of DVDs I used to have. I want to say this was a double-disc DVD, um, I think this may have even been one of those movies that had like a regular and a director's cut to it, but I, I could be wrong there. Um, but let me uh, let's drop a little bit of the trailer before we go any deeper with this. Yeah. Here I come!
0: If you men will take no pay then none of us will.
1: I dug the grave.
0: Long
1: time I'm digging, I'm asking myself when those laws gonna be our time. And when I figured, I
0: figured this war would be over all right soon. If you boys just turn around and you let us head on up there where the are you from you Should have seen us in action two days ago. trailer <laughs> very I was like Jesus <laughs> yeah it's uh it's in your face
1: and ironically that trailer doesn't even use the music that's in the movie really but uh, <laughs> yeah but in any case uh yeah so released in 1989 um this is an Edward Zwick film um Edward Zwick is one of those director he's like like a James Mangold he's just like a journeyman director that's made you know two or three movies that you like and then a whole lot that you really don't but um mm, yeah for whatever reason when i was younger his name would come up a lot in uh in in my head just as as a guy who made you know the last samurai this and for for whatever reason about last night comes up on on actually like the ringer podcast network a lot too um mm-hmm. but, but yeah not not a not a great director not like an auteur level director but a guy who has done a lot in Hollywood. Um, I know that he made the second Jack Reacher movie, which was not very well received. Uh, if memory serves, he also made that Daniel Craig movie Defiance about the Jewish. Defiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jewish. Blood, um,
0: Blood Diamond also. Yeah,
1: that's right. Blood Diamond is his big one. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we we never covered an Edzwick movie, so that was another angle to this that was kind of interesting to me. But uh, back in '89, uh, you know, Chad and I were uh, were youngins at the time, and. Uh, <laughs> We know a couple of the big movies that came out that year, but did you have any box office info for us on this one?
0: Yeah, so this uh, this grossed all in domestically twenty six point eight million. It had a it kind of had a, kind of a weird platform release. Like it it was December sixteenth, eighty nine, limited, but then it didn't go wide until February sixteenth of nineteen ninety. Hmm. So yeah, it's a couple months there. Uh, But, of course, yeah, this was nominated for five Academy Awards and won three of them, Uh, one of which is, of course, Denzel and Best Supporting Actor, and then we've got Best Cinematography that won and Best Sound. Really, not even a nomination for score, though. That's kind of surprising. Art Direction and Film Editing were nominated, but did not win for that, so... okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's where we fall with the awards and on the box office for old glory.
1: Yeah, so, like I said before a movie that I feel like is referenced a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I've heard Spike Lee talk about this movie. I've heard uh, Denzel reference this uh, not actually that long ago. I think I might have seen him on a press junket for the movie Flight a few years back. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody asked him a question about this, and he talked about the, the experience that he had on the film. Um, and it, it, it's funny because in my head, I I feel the same way that you did. When, when you said that this felt like a first-time watch, a couple scenes stood out. The music was somewhat recognizable, but I didn't remember the circumstances under which any of any of this happens. Totally forgot that Andre Brower was in this movie at all. Like
0: I did, too, yeah.
1: <laughs> th- that probably has more to do with the fact that I hadn't seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine yet, so like he was not ah. anything t- to me as a, as a face, you know? Um no. So he stood right out immediately. I mean, he, he's got such a distinctive voice, um, and yeah, this is just a—it's—it's it's an interesting movie. So I'll—I'll I'll, I'll start here, and I—you can't get around this. But um, if there's anything that is a little bit tough for me with this flick, and it's—it's it's funny that I, I never really noticed it before, but it is—it's glaring now. Um, my God is Ferris Bueller poorly cast in this movie. God ah,
0: Damn um, it. Yeah. <laughs> I was. A, yes. All right. <laughs>
1: so uh, he's supposed to be from Boston uh, or Massachusetts or uh, yeah, like Boston nobility or something. His accent, his reactions, his, uh, the way he like moves through a scene. Um, yeah. It's, it's just awkward. Th- this, this, This jumps a bit ahead in terms of plot here, but um, I I do want to play this audio clip. So this is a scene where uh, Colonel Shaw is his name. He goes to the quartermaster who is the fucking, uh, uh, another face that everybody knows, uh, the jump to conclusions Matt guy from office space. And he's the, this guy is the quartermaster who's not giving up the shoes and socks to the, to the black regiment because he's clearly racist and thinks it's funny. Um I don't know, there's some energy level issues here But let me let me just play this and we'll see how, where it goes
0: I want 600 pair of shoes and 1,200 pair of socks And anything else you've been holding out on us Piece of rat filth Well, I'd love to help you, Colonel, but we just don't have any Not for niggers, you don't? Not for anybody I see, pity I'll just have a look around, see that you haven't misplaced them Hmm? Can't I? I'm a colonel, nasty little cuss. You really think you can keep 700 Union soldiers without proper shoes because you think it's funny? Now where would that power come from? Uh, all right, all right, I, I, calm down.
1: It, it's its just, it, I can't listen to that and not just see Ferris Bueller with the fucking jacket on saying those lines. It, its I can't get past it. Can't get past yeah. it.
0: I'm right there with you, man. I, I just want to jump into one of the superlatives. My casting swap for this is absolutely him. Tom Cruise in this role over Matthew Broderick all day, and this movie's like, really fucking good for me.
1: Uh, all right, uh, hold on, hold on. So since we skipped ahead. Dynamite drop-in, Monty. Uh, Chad, uh, this, is, this is fucked up. My casting swap is Colonel Sean. I chose Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh. All right, all right. <laughs> that's fucking weird. Okay, so uh, that's a little. It's a little. It's it's taking the wind out of my sales now. I had a nice rant ready for that one, but uh, we're beyond it. Okay, well, so for those uh, keeping track at home, uh, Chad and I were born in the same year. We have some of the same proclivities, and uh, clearly, we're thinking <laughs> in the same direction on this one. So,
0: it's, it's just well, is. see, here's you're absolutely spot on though, because I think everything else. In, within this movie, Denzel Morgan Freeman's fantastic, Andre Brower's great Carrie always I think is really good in this movie even yeah. it's just every time Broderick opens his mouth, I just don't buy him, I don't believe it. Like I get that he's this 23 or whatever, 24 year old that was thrust into this position that he didn't really want to be in but he's also just kind of not compelling at all, and it's just—I yeah. I don't know. I, he does not strike me as someone that these uh, soldiers would want to like die for. Essentially, I don't, I don't know. It, 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 it's almost—he it, just feels like he's in a different movie than everyone else. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's—it's it's pretty wild how much they miss the mark on casting him. And and look, I—I I like Matthew Broderick. Like, Ferris Bueller is—is mm-hmm. is a top fifty movie for me. I've grown mm-hmm. up with that movie. I'm never not gonna love that guy, um, but sometimes it's it's just miscast. This is miscast. I don't I don't know who chose him. I don't know why. I don't know if this was like a studio mandate or something to get the budget higher. But uh, yeah, somebody fucked up. Like this is just this is just a poor decision on every level. Um, yeah. So it's a little it's a little tough to talk around that one. But um, but some of the, the mechanics of the plot here. So this is based on a true story of the is the, I'm sorry the 54th Regiment. Um, Essentially, Colonel Shaw is tasked with putting together and, well, really leading um, the first all-black platoon, battalion, in the effort to uh, defeat the South during Civil War times. And the film is very much the story of, you know, uh, the former slaves and some free men who are now joining arms to fight against the South to ultimately liberate and, and, you know, conquer the idea of slavery. Um, not that they will have a direct effect on that, but the idea is that if they prove their worth, then it, it goes towards proving that, you know, all, all men are created equal. And we all kind of know how that goes with President Lincoln, Emancipation Proclamation, and, you know, the eventual abolition of slavery. Uh, but this is very much a story rooted in, trying to figure out how to move forward and sort of the, the sticky, uh, the, the nastiness amongst people before that was abolished. Um, so you see a lot of that through the eyes of Morgan Freeman's character, uh, Rawlings, Rawlins rather, um, mm-hmm. Denzel Washington's character trip and Andre Brower's character, ooh, Timothy was it or Tommy,
0: was it Thomas Searles. Thomas.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Um, and you kind of get different shades of, of things. Morgan Freeman is very much playing Red from Shawshank Redemption just in Civil War times. He's,
0: <laughs> Definitely, yeah. He,
1: he has some similar lines. Um, he is the somewhat older and, and you, you maybe fatherly figure to the other soldiers. Um, mm-hmm. Andre Brower is a, a free man who's been, edu- you know, educated man who grew up with Colonel Shaw so his experience is, his perspective is a bit different. He's kind of soft at first and doesn't take well to the training. And Denzel's character is, a you know, a, an escaped slave who went out on his own at a young age and just has been kind of going from place to place, surviving since, you know, who knows when. Um, but I like the fact that they kind of provide three different perspectives on the situation. Yeah. Um, no. You know, in terms of their performances, Denzel got the Oscar, but did anyone stick out to you more so than the others?
0: Um, I, I think Brower, just because he's got that existing relationship with uh, uh, Shaw and Forbes, of course, and so I, I really do like that that storyline. Even like the just the fact that he's not even. It's just not so douchey on Shaw's part but I get that he's trying to make him into this but he's just like not even acknowledging him or letting him talk to him I think that's a really compelling so because guess you can tell he's the one going through it like the I can't even think the other guys the sergeant or whoever who is whipping him into shape and just constantly on this dude um, yeah I think Brower's really fucking good in this movie um, I mean Denzel yeah it goes without saying I mean it's the fucking tier on command it's so so uh, legendary I yeah. mean that, that, that scene alone probably won him the Oscar <laughs> I mean so interesting
1: little tidbit about that scene um, I don't know if you saw this in your research or not but apparently they crafted a whip that would sting his back but not actually cause any lasting damage or tear the skin mm-hmm. and on the take that they ended up using of that scene the director yelled cut but the person using the whip didn't hear him so the one tear dropping was due to the fact that he was actually whipped more than he should have been but he didn't break character which is is pretty impressive
0: um yeah absolutely but
1: but yeah um i i really like andre brower as well i I think that he's a uh i I don't know i i think i need to see more from him i really like him in brooklyn 99 he's always hilarious in that but I feel like I need more exposure to him. Um, just seems like a like a hidden gem, and I guess this was his first film too. So pretty impressive. Oh really?
0: Okay, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, no.
1: yeah, to come out the gate that strong, but
0: seriously, um, yeah, for sure.
1: But yeah, like him, I, you know, Morgan Freeman's always solid. I I think you were right though. You mentioned Cary Elwes. I actually really do like him in this. Um, yeah, he's got a little bit of that that Princess Bride flair. Um, I don't yeah. know some looks that he gives in... in Here, like from a certain angle, you're like, "Holy shit, this is within, you know, like, like 24 months of The Princess Bride, and it's it's totally there." The Wesley thing, but, um, but yeah, back
0: to back, uh, back to back, Carrie Elwes movies on movie homework with uh, Dracula and this.
1: (laughs) Good point. Maybe there will be a third. Tune in next time to find it.
0: Um,
1: But yeah, (laughs) so as far as the battle scenes go, I I think that they're they're shot well enough. Um, You certainly feel a lot of the emotion of what's going on you know especially that final uh, like respite before the last battle where everybody's sort of sitting around the fire singing, chanting having a good time I don't know the emotional weight of of the characters it actually works pretty well in this movie um, I do think that the music sort of tips their hand uh, a little bit too much at times uh, especially during scenes where Colonel Shaw is writing home and narrating, and then the score comes in to tell you exactly how you're supposed to feel in that moment. And, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it feels very... Uh, feels very, very... Uh, what's, what's the word? Hollywood, to me. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that the performances do enough to make the emotion feel uh, pretty real during some key moments in the movie, especially when... Um, Thomas is is you know shot on the battlefield and he says you know don't don't send me back I want to stay um, I don't know I think that that works pretty well there but
0: yeah so I I thought it, going to the battle scenes I thought it was kind of random that first initial one we get this fucking exploding head from a cannon and then yeah. like that that's really the extent of uh the the blood and violence in this i mean of course you see a lot of you know bayonets and hitting and shooting but there's not a lot of blood in this other than that random exploding head at the beginning i'm like okay i i I was like was this movie what i didn't remember like really like brutal but it 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 wasn't necessarily but i just thought i don't know that that stood out for me for some reason
1: yeah uh yeah very very like george romero out of nowhere but
0: absolutely absolutely
1: it's funny too because I remember when we were younger, when The Patriot came out, and it was one of those movies, kind of in the same pocket of Saving Private Ryan and Gladiator, where it was R-rated, but every history teacher that I had was just chomping at the bit to like find a way to show that movie in school. It yeah. um, uh-huh. <laughs> seemed like there was this real effort to like, I, I don't know, r- really make uh, make war grisly on film and. Mm-hmm this movie had that moment. The Patriot has several ridiculous moments and, you know, Saving private Ryan Omaha beach. Um, but it does remind me of a time when in school we would see this movie and have to, you know, uh, watch like an abridged version of it because they, the teacher like stayed at home and, and taped over the sections with the violence or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. so kind, kind of, I don't know, kind, kind of funny as like a teaching tool. Um, or, or like a like a memory of, of something we used to do in school but um, but the other thing the big element of this movie that y- you're forced to contend with is because of you know the the abolitionist movement and and everything else is the, the the just like the virulent racism in the movie um it, it's a a plot point obviously because that's what it was like back then um and it, it's funny living in a post Django unchained world because I feel like in a weird way, Django said so much about slavery that, and it did it in this like really bold, visceral, in-your-face way. It's interesting to see Glory contending with the same issues years prior and not like, like having to sort of bite their tongue at times. Um, there's there's a a couple different moments in the movie that. I feel like the script is really trying to get at, you know, what's, what, you know, what's, what's the essence of man? Like, why does man hate? Um, the whole sequence where they go with the other Colonel, uh, Montgomery and yes. like burn a building and, and, and just act like, like animals, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, 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 it's funny because I feel like while Django Unchained is over the top and ridiculous, it actually has more nuanced commentary on slavery and abolitionist movement than a movie like this does because this movie has to just like spell it out for you well this guy's racist and he yeah here's how he feels about the slaves and everything else so sure um i don't know how much of that landed for you or if it it it, it even bothered you at all
0: no i mean i I honestly didn't really notice it but i mean I, i could definitely see what you're saying um yeah, but I mean, QT's a known racist, though he uses the N word, Jack. So oh, you know, I forgot about that you, you can't support Django. You know, he's just a, just a white man throwing that word around all the time just because. I'm scared.
1: That, you know what? That, that's a good point. I didn't think of it that way.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I can, I can definitely see what you're saying. This is definitely uh, paint by numbers as far as uh, kind of explaining that uh, for sure. Yeah, and
1: and, and and you know they they have to have their. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but it does feel that way in the script. There is a token black guy in the movie whose name escapes me now, but I think he actually is in Django Unchained as well, who can't read, who doesn't know his right from left. And, you know, they. they I, I understand that they're trying to make a point, but the movie has to hammer you over the head with, like, hey, don't forget, this guy is uneducated. Like, he doesn't know anything. Don't forget. And, you know, so it's a little... Yep. I don't know. I, I, it, I feel like as a film-watching community, if this movie was made today, it would get a lot more criticism. Um, but, you know, as it stands, this uh, this was made when it was, and it's a uh, modern classic, as some say.
0: Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to find that guy's name, and I'm looking it up on the IMDb. I did not realize that there's a person in this movie named Private Jupiter Sharts. Sorry, I'm a fucking child, but I don't remember. I don't remember that person in this movie, but Jupiter Sharts was in it, so
1: amazing. Uh,
0: yeah, I, but amazing I true. is I guess that is uh yeah. I didn't realize that that is the same guy in Django though, because he did look familiar the whole time. Yeah, but I can't I recognize him I knew where, I I don't something,
1: but
0: no. well, okay. yeah, okay.
1: All right, excellent. All right, uh, I think we. Are just going to jump into the superlatives here because this is a this is a movie with a lot of messages, and I think you know we're, we are better suited to talk about this movie as movie nerds rather than uh, I don't know uh, people who comment on on social etiquette or values. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: going <laughs> to so, uh, stay out of that. So yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So let's just uh, let's just jump into everybody's favorite. Uh, everybody's favorite. Well, second favorite, Jim.
0: What's that, dude?
1: So this is Kupka. This is the uh, scene stealer or cameo. And uh, I'll I'll, I'll start this one off. I think that you could pick a few different people in this movie. Um, But my pick is Bob Gunton, who Mm -hmm. plays General Garrison. Uh, Most people know him as the warden from Shawshank. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's probably his most recognizable role. But he's been in dozens of movies. He's one of those faces you see everywhere. And this could be a me thing, but I recognized him right away, and I—I—I I, I don't know—he did the sort of mustache twirling villain thing pretty well in this movie, um, so I—I—I I, I went in that direction. But
0: uh, okay,
1: but yeah,
0: I went with uh, Mister Mark Margolis, RIP, died a few weeks ago. He is. Uh, One of the, uh, his, his credit in this is 10th Connecticut soldier who's, he's a part of that battalion of the, the racist dudes that are, uh. Like, oh, black guys with stripes. Uh, essentially, you know, uh, he's talking to him, but he's he has one little line to the side there. He's very side character, but I'm like, I literally was like, that's Mark Margolis. So there you go. That's that dude.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. I saw him briefly and totally forgot about it until right now. <laughs> yep. Good call. Good call. All right. Well, Come fucking on, what it, the it, fuck? It's... it's the Valley. This is the punchable face. Who do you have for this one, sir?
0: I went with Colonel Montgomery. He's just... That's a real douche. Real douche canoe in this movie is just having... That's a weird scene. I know we, we kind of briefly touched over it, but yeah, it's like... I can't tell, like, is that supposed to be one of his soldiers that's attacking the women, and then he shoots them randomly in front of people? I don't, it's a very strange scene in general, yeah. but he's just the worst.
1: Yeah, I think that's what you're supposed to get from it. Um, no. It's funny. He, he was a candidate for me as well. The guy that I'm going to go with, though, and... I do not know what his name was, but he was he was the drill sergeant. He was Gunnery Sergeant, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah,
0: um, mustache dude who's beating up on Brower all the time.
1: Exactly. Now I understand that, guy, yeah. that, you know, he has to get the men into shape and he has a job to do and that Colonel Shaw is fully endorsing that and all that stuff. Um I just feel like he's he's like 30% more of an asshole than he needs to be, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. I understand, you know, uh, knocking people down to build them back up. I know that's how the military does it and, you know, works wonders for some people. I just, I am not, I would not be cut out for that. I don't want to be yelled at like that. <laughs> it's just what it comes down to. So, uh, yeah. yeah, if I could punch somebody in the face, it would probably be him. So, yep. all right, BM. Tell me something about something I was reading about. So this is the uh, best quote from the movie. Um, I actually pulled a clip of my quote because there were too many words for me to say and some of them that I shouldn't say on a recording anyways. So, Hmm. here we go. What are you? So full of hate, you just want to go out and fight everybody? Because you've been whipped and chased by hounds. Well, that might not be living, but it sure as hell ain't dying. And dying's what these white boys been doing for going on three years now. Dying by the thousands. Time for you, fool. I know, cause I dug the graves. And all the time I'm digging, I'm asking myself when when old oh Lord's gonna be our time. Or well, times coming when we're gonna have to ante up. Ante up and kick in like men. Like men. You watch who you call a nigga. Then the niggers round here is you. Smart mouth, stupid ass, swamp-running nigga. You ain't careful, that's all you ever gonna be. it's it's a good speech he's got a very strong point and uh yeah like i said lots of words that uh i will not be saying in public at all (laughs) on a recording or otherwise so um Um, yeah i mean you you get morgan freeman in your movie and and you know you got to give him a monologue like that so
0: absolutely um, I wrote nada because I don't want to be cancelled so uh yeah there', there are a lot of good there, there are a lot of good quotes but yeah exactly like you said not words I use or will use um I guess the, the when they're running into uh, battle at the end uh, the, the the racist dude who's giving him shit earlier is like what does he say something about like go 54 give, or whatever the fuck give, what give it, him hell give him hell thinking. yeah I'll go with that give him hell 54 yeah I'll go with that there
1: you I'm go. surprised you didn't choose mother from all the uh, letters home oh yeah. huh, mother meeting huh. <laughs> the, the men is so nice it makes my butthole tingle <laughs>
0: well uh, maybe stay tuned for uh, another superlative We might all right. get that <laughs>
1: alright well speaking of you giving out superlatives I know this
0: is a hot take
1: alright uh most entertaining scene here. What do you have?
0: So I think the most entertaining scene is that final battle. It's pretty good. I mean, as soon as he's like uh, they're marching on the beach and charge from there on, they're jumping into the dunes and, and yep. racing. That's it's very entertaining. Uh I think the I kinda went most powerful scene and it's it's the fucking whipping scene. I mean it's mm-hmm. uh there's not any dialogue there, they're just staring at each other and uh it's fucking good. It's very, very moving, I think. So that's where I went. What about you?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. Um, it's another one that was in contention for me. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll flip it. I actually, I did go with the final scene uh, or the final, uh, you know, assault on the fort. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Movie like this makes you kind of reconsider. It's like, well, should this be called most entertaining scene or like most well made scene? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sure. Yep. Because there's always an element in in movies like this where there's a battle scene where, yes, battle scenes can be epic and large in scope and, and, you know, fun to watch, but there's a lot of emotion in this one, whether it's, you know, Colonel Shaw getting shot or, or uh, uh, fuck, what's his name, Trip, uh, going after the flag and just kind of holding it up as he gets shot and dies. and um, th- There's a lot of, of great moments within that battle, and the ultimate result of it is is a downer, which which, again totally forgot about that ending uh and and how small the 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 story of this film ultimately is too um but yeah i i go with the ending i think it's a really well made well shot and and pretty well executed scene so sure all right tm i mean wow held up the best what's held up the worst um as far as the worst you know, it's funny. I think the score in this is, is, is a good score. But I actually think the direction kills it. Because there are so many mm-hmm. scenes where that score is playing where it just shouldn't be. You know, a better director would know to kind of let the characters speak or or just sort of let a moment happen without that bombastic sort of horn section coming in to, to push yeah. your emotions. Um so for as much as I said at the top of this show, yeah, Edward Zwick, oh yeah, he, he's made a couple good movies. Um, I have to say the direction hasn't really held up for me on this. Um, as far as what has held up, it's, it's easy. It's Denzel. I mean, it still is a great performance. Um, you can see why he got awarded for this and, and you know, why people still talk about it to this day. Um, but yeah, it's it's... It's really good. He's really good in this and it, it makes all the sense in the world that he got the award for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like the I like the direction pick. Uh I went with uh Broderick's voiceover. I it just it's I uh, I'm mostly in the uh the non-narrator voiceover uh camp. I think an effective director and movie it can be used well. I mean good fellas for for one. Um there's many good uh, narrator voiceover type movies. Oh, yeah. this, this is just, uh, it's brutal. I mean, it, it, hello, mother. Hello, mother. Oh, it's just it's, It just takes you out of it, man. The, Bro- the Broderick stuff just really does take me out of a lot of this movie, and it opens with that, and I was like, oh, God, is this what this movie, I, I don't remember this at all as soon yeah. as I started it this week. and Yeah, it, luckily, it's only, like, what, three times that happens. It doesn't go on throughout the entire movie, but... It's not great so, yeah I didn't have any, I didn't have anything for age the best, but yeah Denzel that's of course goes without saying so all right
1: uh Pete MC. <laughs> best use of music did you have anything for this
0: yeah, so i I went with uh of course that main theme that's playing once he announces about the Emancipation proclamation. Uh, saying that, listen, if you get captured, you're going to become a slave again, and yada yada this, but none of them leave, and so it's that kind of on-the-nose scene, but they're all standing there, and it's like uh, another moving scene, and he's like, what does he say? Uh, Glory, hallelujah, or whatever the fuck he says, but right. they're all standing there. Th- that score is playing in the background. It's pretty good. What about you?
1: Um, yeah, so this, uh, I, I, I could not think of a single moment for me. I, I, again, it was just, I think it's a good score, but I just think it's... It, it's too much. It's just too fucking overpowering in this. Um, no, you know, maybe some restraint. Maybe just use it for the battle scenes or whatever. But yeah, just just a little. Yeah, yeah left a bad taste in my mouth. So, um, yep. and obviously, we already did the uh, the PJ, but I'll hit it one more time.
0: Dynamite <laughs> drop in, Monty.
1: Yeah, and we want Tom Cruise as uh, Ferris Bueller in this. There's yeah. I, so the, let me just explain the reason I came to Tom Cruise is my decision. So I, I did what I, I actually did last time. I looked at the top movies of the year, and I, I, I kind of started running down the list to try and figure out, like, okay, so there's Dead Poet Society, so somebody in there makes sense, but they're all kind of too young. And then it got to, uh, uh, there was a, uh, fuck, was it one of the Back to the Futures? I can't remember. It was something with uh, Michael J. Fox, and it was like, yeah, he's too baby-faced and maybe, like, would be the same vibe here. Um, so ultimately, I saw Born on the Fourth of July, and I was like, oh, Tom Cruise would be the right choice. It just would make sense. Um, ironically, you know, a few years later, Edzwick makes The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, so, you know, they, he yep. still did get to work with him. But uh, but yeah, um, I don't know, just just made sense to me on that front. Was there any was that kind of like your thought process as well or or did it just, you know, was there a different path up the same mountain? Yeah,
0: a little bit. I, I usually a lot of the time I will I'll seek whatever performance or something I am wanting to swap. I'll, I'll usually kind of like do some research on actors that were born the same year around the same time or that were active, of course, at that time and big and yeah, he, he just instantly, he's was born 62, the exact same year as Broderick and it's just where I'm like, yep, I can see him 100% of this movie. And I think he honestly takes this movie from just good to great. Like I think that's kind of where I would fall with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's, but but yeah, I mean the irony. I mean, he was in a Vietnam movie. He's not going to be in a Civil War movie the same year, of course. But exactly. <laughs> I mean, yep. But yeah, I think he would be fantastic in this role. So
1: nice. All right. Well, the last thing it's the uh, extra credit. If you were going to swap anybody in this movie with Binge Staffer, who would it be? Uh, did you have anybody picked out for this?
0: Nope. I had nobody. I had nothing. I had nothing here. Well, what about you? <laughs>
1: so mine is a little obscure and it's conditional. Okay, but uh, I am going to swap out the quartermaster in the movie. Um, I feel like I want to put somebody there that has to deal with Ferris Bueller fucking knocking cups and plates (laughs) off of shelves, (laughs) losing his shit, not being able to do anything, but ultimately having to, you know, do whatever Ferris Bueller tells him to do. And I know I keep calling him Ferris Bueller, because it's fucking Ferris Bueller. Um, Yes. Yeah, there's nobody I would want to watch do that more than Pete MC. I mean, can you imagine (laughs) the guy who hates Mother, just somebody comes into his fucking shack and just ruffles feathers, knocks shit over, forces him to give up his, his fucking shoes and socks. Uh, it's it, it, potential for comedy gold, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah. P.M.C. is the quartermaster, I think, is...
0: Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty funny.
1: ...is a nice substitution. So, so yeah. All right. Excellent. All right, man. Um, you know, I don't have a whole lot else to say about this movie. I, I think that it, uh, it it's, it's definitely interesting. It still is, is entertaining. And it's well made for the most part, but I, I got to say there were a lot of things in it that really kind of bugged me and made me think. You know, it's it's good that we revisit movies like this because you get in your head that a movie is a certain way, or, or it's just like, oh yeah, glory, great movie, glory, great movie. I, I don't, I don't know that it's a great movie. I don't know that this no. is a great movie. <laughs> I no, think I agree. Great performances, but I, I think it just happens to be maybe the best Civil War movie.
0: I don't yeah, know. I mean, That's it, controversial. It, no, I, I, I legit, before we got on this, I googled, like, best Civil War movies, and there's just not a ton of them, right? I yeah. mean, there, there's really not a lot of them, and this was, of course, number one on every fucking list, but, yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree there. <laughs>
1: I, I Look, I think that if I were going to show this movie to somebody, I, I think it would only be under the context of Civil War history. I think if you want to watch something that... Has a more interesting and sort of modern take on race relations. Uh, I would point them towards another movie, homework movie, "Do the Right Thing." But like, I think yeah. that movie coming. I, I, in fact, wasn't that the same year? Wasn't that '89?
0: It was, or, yeah. So uh, I I already closed it out, but uh, Denzel was up against uh, Danny Aiello for supporting okay. actor that that year. Uh-huh.
1: Okay, so so oh. yeah, I mean, if I was going to point somebody towards something, I would I would point towards "Do the Right Thing." I, I still think that movie is insanely relevant especially given things that have happened in the past few years in in our world in the news you know Um, Mm -hmm. that is a much more nuanced and and complicated take on you know racism in America Um, so I I don't know the next time I'm going to watch this movie and I'm it's not because it's a bad movie it just isn't doing enough for me to to go to the mat for it and defend it you know what I mean sure sure Um, I'll see that any any other like closing thoughts before we throw letter grades on this? Because I know we're, uh, we're 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 wrapping this up a little bit quickly for my taste, but I just I want to make sure that we kind of say our piece on this. But yeah, I feel like I feel like I've kind of covered everything I want to cover with this.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's I, I don't know I don't have much to say other than what I have said, right? I mean, uh, I think this is a this is a fine movie. I think it's just yeah, it, it, it's not. That amazing war movie. I, this is not one of them that I'd be like, "Oh, that's one of the best war movies ever, by any means." Now, after revisiting it now as an, an adult, per yeah. se, it's yeah, it's just fine. It, it, watch it for Denzel's performance. Watch it for, uh, I mean, Morgan Freeman and Audrey Brower are both good, but I think yeah, Broderick just sticks out like a sore thumb. I, I, I yeah. it just really does bother me a, a bit, um, but I still think this is. It, it, this is. I I would rewatch this again sometime in the future. I just I I wouldn't be pounding the table to be like, oh my god, this is on the list of the best war movies of all time by any means because it's just not. But
1: yeah, I, I think yeah. thinking of it in those terms, um, you know, when it when it comes to uh, war films, right? All the best war films to me have something else going on other than the story like this movie feels like they had a script they had a story and they they just needed to tell that but they didn't really do anything interesting in the directing um saving private ryan is a story about you know uh the cost of war and you know uh mistakes that the united states made in in regards to sending their soldiers overseas and the price of all that stuff but it also has the Omaha Beach sequence. It also has the sniper sequence with with Vin Diesel. You know, mm-hmm. it, it also has all of these things that give it additional that va- like entertainment value to the film. And they make you think, and they make you ponder things. I mean, there's the the moment where Adam Goldberg in that movie. And this is a spoiler for Saving Private Ryan, but I think I can't remember his uh, his, his name, but. He essentially is slowly, uh, or no, the, the other guy is slowly stabbed while he basically sits there and does nothing to help him. That scene is incredibly haunting and effective. And it, it, you come away from that movie thinking about that. I think that Glory has the whipping scene, but it, there's not much else in it that really makes you question like the morality of the characters it's so clearly defined who is a racist piece of shit and who is not from the beginning that I don't think that there's much outside of here's the story, here's what happened. And here are the Oscar performances. Um, I think ultimately that hurts it, you know? So I'm going to go ahead and give it a letter grade right now. Um, I respect this movie. I, I don't, man, it, it needed a better director. It just did. Like it just needed somebody who could do more with the material. Um, Man, this seems low, but I think this is a C-plus movie for me. It, it it passes. It gets the point across. There's good things about it, but I can't really recommend this to most people anymore. Yep. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I went with a B-minus, so I'm pretty close to you. Um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I've said everything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, I, that I can say. I, I think... This is definitely worth a watch for sure. It's not bad by any means. And no. yeah, I guess I would rewatch it again. It's just. I, I guess I haven't seen a lot of Edward Wick movies, man. I don't, I don't know. I guess I really have only seen Last Samurai, Defiance, and Blood Diamond. I've not seen Legends of the Fall. I've never seen Courage Under Fire, another Denzel mm-hmm. movie. Um, Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I want to be just, mine, and I've never seen... <laughs> he, he, he's kinda, he just seems kind of bland. Looking into yeah. filmography, loving other drugs, pawn sacrifice, once and again to see... I mean, there's a lot of just, like, meh, I feel like, movies. And, like, his average is, like, 6.5, 6.7. So, like, this yeah. seems like pretty average movies. Yeah, he's He's a fucking studio
1: up. director, you know? I, th- I know? I think he's the kind of guy that's just like, yeah, whatever script you got, give it to me. I'll make it, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a... It, it's it, this movie is mid, as the kids say. So,
0: I do? I would agree. I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, not great. Not not great. So. But glad we revisited, so now I have this be like, oh. Because yeah, like, I feel like you, I was like, dude, that's like one of the best war movies ever. And now I'm like, that is not one of the best war movies ever. No, by any <laughs> I, I think it, it's,
1: it just kind of occupies a space of, well, it's kind of the only Civil War movie. Like, there are a yeah. few, but it, this is like, this is the one. Unless For sure. you want to dedicate an afternoon to like the four-hour Gettysburg or the four-and-a-half-hour Gods and Generals, which who the fuck mm-hmm. wants to do that, right? So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, stuffy, stuffy stuff. But yeah. All right. Glory. Nineteen eighty nine. Uh, yeah. It's maybe watch it if if you feel you need to watch it. If not, eh, move on. So.
0: I feel like yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, you've already seen it. But probably if you if, if you're just watch listening to us, and spoil the shit out of it, then thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a choice. So, it's a choice you made. So,
1: um, all right. Well. Next week, uh, we have, I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you, we have a choice that I am incredibly <laughs> excited about. Uh, yeah, Chad, why don't you why don't you set the table for us? So what's yeah. what's coming out, and how are we
0: tying it in? Contain your erection, Mr. Falvey. Oh, uh, what? We, we're going with three years ago released in theaters during the height of COVID, Labor Day, we're going Christopher Nolan. We've never done it on Movie Homework. We're doing Tenet. Let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking go. We've got uh, Kenneth Branagh, of course, has uh, A Haunting in Venice coming out soon, and uh, we thought what better way to pair that with uh, a fucking Nolan movie, and he's he's a big part in that movie, so let's fucking Thank do it. You. We've never talked Thank about you. it. so.
1: Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pull the most clips ever for a movie Homework episode for
0: this. I feel like it's gonna be our longest one ever for sure by oh, fuck.
1: I can't fucking wait. Oh my god, finally, finally. Oh, excellent. All right. Alright. Um I'm very excited. I, I can't, yeah. This is this is gonna be fucking dope. It's gonna be dope. All right. Um, email binge homework at gmail.com make sure you're uh, subscribing uh to all of the binge media feeds it seems like the uh the boys are, are back um are going to be dropping some new stuff your way pretty soon so uh make sure you're paying attention at twitter facebook instagram and patreon and uh the patreon tier i think is still five dollars a month i think they may be adding an additional tier with some additional stuff so keep an eye out over there um and yeah tenant next time oh god i'm just, um, I, can we do it now? Can we do it like right after we record this? So, like I'm, I'm just ready. I'm fucking ready. Hang Give me, me up a half and then hour. Start
0: again. You... <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking a.
1: All right. Uh, anything else, Chad?
0: I got nothing, man. Got nothing.
1: All right, man. In that case, I'm saying peace.
0: See you. Thank you for listening to Movie Homework a Binge Media production. Follow the Binge Media podcast network at BingeMedia.com, Patreon.com slash Binge Media, or wherever you get podcasts. Got a movie suggestion? An award suggestion? Send us an email at BingeMovieHomework at gmail.com.